Welcome to Sportsbeat KC from the Super Bowl. It's Friday, February 10th, and I'm Blair Kirkhoff. You've heard from everybody this week, from Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey to Clark Hunt and Mark Donovan. Today, you'll hear from us, the Stars coverage team in Arizona. Columnists Vahe Gregorian and Sam McDowell joined beat writers Herbie Teope and Jesse Newell in breaking down Sunday's game against the Philadelphia Eagles. We cover every angle, make the case for both teams, and identify the key factors. Okay, we babbled on for a while on the show that started as a live stream, so let's get started. Good morning from bright, sun, shiny Arizona, and welcome to Sportsbeat Live. This is the show where we talk Kansas City Chiefs with you and the folks in the media who know them best, and those are the columnists and beat writers for the Kansas City Star. Um, Please, please join in the conversation uh, with us as the Chiefs uh, countdown to Super Bowl 57. We're three days away. Game is or two days away, right? So game is uh, uh, Sunday afternoon, uh, 5:30 kickoff in, uh, in in Glendale, Arizona. So we have Herbie Teope. I can look to my right and I see Herbie outside in the shade. Hey, Herbie. Uh, there's Jesse Newell. I look to my left and there's Jesse Newell uh, in the sunshine. Herbie's in the shade and Sam McDowell is upstairs in the. In, in the home. And uh, Vahe Gregorian is trying to figure out the best way to join us here at, uh, um, at, uh, at the headquarters for the Kansas City Star here in Arizona. So, uh, hey, some of you have already joined us, I know, from your comments. Great to hear from Anthony and Marilyn and Donna. Stacy. appreciate it. Um, we will uh, we'll talk to uh, everybody who's got a question for us. Uh, as we we talk about the Chiefs and Eagles game on Sunday. Really looking forward to it. Herbie, let's uh, get us going. You wrote the story, and just uh, just a few hours ago, uh, less than, uh, you know, 15 hours ago, Patrick Mahomes was named the most valuable player for the second time in his career. He was not there uh, at, the, at, the, um, at the presentation ceremony to accept the award, but that's pretty typical, isn't it, for – a player who's participating in the Super Bowl, not to be on site. Yeah, that's absolutely correct. Most teams that are playing in the Super Bowl, any of those players winning uh, uh, an award or being recognized at the NFL Honor Show, typically they don't show up. And that's that's pretty standard because coaches don't want to mess up with the schedule. You've got team meetings. They just came off the practice field. They want to keep them in a certain routine. So that worked out well. But Patrick Mahomes probably you know winning the worst-kept secret in the National Football League it was pretty clear he was the MVP. This is a panel voted by 50 Associated Press voters, and they're all pro team. Pretty much was a, a preview of what the award ceremony would be like, and it pretty much stayed stayed the course. Yeah. So, uh, what's the uh, what's the success rate in the Super Bowl of, quarter, of quarterbacks that win the MVP? It's it's really good, right? <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, Mahomes can. Uh, Burst that uh, that streak there for all the Chiefs fans out there. But of the nine last quarterbacks who won the MVP award, they are 0-9 in the Super Bowl. So that, there's a little side story going there. Uh, well, but, you know, uh, the other side story, Blair, is that uh, Kurt Warner was the last to do it, right? And he's the one who presented the award. So maybe there's a little baton handing there. Yep. Warner for the Rams in 99 and uh, the St. Louis Rams in, in 99. And of course, they – 
went out and won the Super Bowl uh, in the next couple of days. So, hey, Jack, great to hear from you. We will get to that question for sure. Carl Sheffers, of course, doing the uh, call, call of the game, the referee and uh, Chiefs fans certainly uh, ra- raised eyebrows when they found out that Carl Sheffers was on the uh, the Super Bowl uh, uh crew for for this game so hey uh, herbie let's let's also while, while we're talking um uh let, let, let's get the injury update we we won't get another one i don't think until the game unless there's one today but i don't know that to be the case what's the what's the latest about availability for chiefs on sunday yeah the media availability stopped for us on thursday but the chiefs will be required to issue an injury update on friday today obviously so look Kadarius Tony was a guy that we were watching coming into this game with Jerry Sneed with a concussion. Tony practiced fully on Thursday, so he's on track to make his return after uh, he suffered the injury in the AFC Championship game. The one that we're going to really watch to, on today's injury report is cornerback with Jerry Sneed. He was not on that injury report on Wednesday, but suddenly he popped up on Thursday, limited practice with a knee injury. So we'll see what he does today, Andy Reid. We'll see what he does. And that's exactly what we're going to end up doing. That injury report will come out in the afternoon. Other than that, they're relatively healthy. Patrick Mahomes, obviously that ankle, everybody's asking about that throughout this media week. And he says he's in a good spot. Andy Reid said there's no issue with any of his mobility. And he's going to need that, obviously, against that Eagles defensive front. But other than that, the Chiefs are looking pretty good. Vahe, you've gotten some fan feedback about uh, maybe a little bit of Sniffles going through the team. We've been with the team every day. This will be the first day that we haven't interviewed Chiefs players. And the only the only player I saw that was having a kind of a uh, – looked like a little under the weather was Chris Jones. Of course, not insignificant, Chris Jones. But I asked him point blank how he was feeling and said, look, he he's fine. It's the, the change in, you know, the desert air, I guess, and the really dry air of, of Arizona is, is affected him. He had the sniffles and a little bit of watery eye, but I had I haven't heard of anything going through the team or um, any kind of illness. Have you guys picked up on that this week? I, I haven't. And, you know, the sort of the peak time when I got some of that feedback was, uh, I think yesterday morning or the whatever the morning was where Travis Kelsey was one of the first up at the podium and Travis had a, his voice just sounded like a little, you know, what I like to call morning heavy. And I, I, and, and certainly Andy Reed's voice sounds like uh, the voice of a guy who slept three or four hours, but uh, we've certainly seen no evidence of that. And um, Herbie, Sam and Jesse, all you guys can speak better to this than I can, but I, I think if there were notable illnesses, that I, I suppose it would be obligatory to have on the injury report in some way, wouldn't it? Yeah, absolutely. If there were any illnesses that affect their practices, it would have to be listed on the injury report. And so far, we've seen nothing of that sort. The only addition yesterday, again, was Legereus Sneed with the knee injury. So we'll see what happens here on Friday. Yeah, and, and uh, Blair, I mean, Chris Jones told me yesterday he's sick. Uh, he, he's got a sore throat. I think he said um, he did think it was because of the weather down here. But I did talk to an offensive lineman as well that did say there's there's a handful of guys who have something similar this week. Okay, and uh, I guess we'll get one more practice update from uh, from uh, the, each each team, from the Eagles and the Chiefs, and I suspect that would be part of it if – if it was significant enough, if some uh, player uh, mispracticed because of it, it, it would be recorded. So 
just be on the on alert for that later later in the day, some sometime in the probably late afternoon today. So, uh, uh, like I said, the coaches and players they they've finished their media obligations, and uh, and now it's it's on to just the game really. And uh, I have I have enjoyed covering this Super Bowl because of some of the terrific storylines that. Uh, that we've all written about. It's you know, the Andy Reid uh, Bowl, uh, having coached both teams, uh, the Travis Kelsey, Jason Kelsey angle on this. Uh, I, I think both players and Donna, the mother, um, ha- have been very entertaining speaking about uh, the roles of uh, you know, the, the Kelsey brothers and the, the relationship between uh, them and uh, first black quarterbacks facing off in in the Super Bowl with Jalen Hurts and Mahomes. A lot of great stuff this week, and I've enjoyed reading about it. But let's cut to the chase and talk about the game. Um, and, and and what are some of the factors that uh, that could turn the game either way? Jesse, just to start off with a general feeling about this matchup and um, and and what's what what kind of details should we be considering um, as as the game approaches? Yeah, a couple of things. You know, I put this in the game prediction uh, that's out there at the start. People want to check it out. But uh, with the way these teams are set up, the salary cap, you know, where they spend their resources, I, I kind of see this in two different ways. You know, I think roster spots two to 53, you give the advantage to the Eagles. And that's because they have a quarterback on this rookie contract. And you can resource other places, obviously, Roseman, the GM, has done a great job of building that thing. But um, that's the advantage the Eagles have. You know, they have a great offensive line, great defensive line. Their secondary has been better this year. They have interchangeable running backs. And obviously Jalen Hurts presents some problems when he's fully healthy. The problem I think the Eagles have is they don't have the best player on the field, and that's Patrick Mahomes. And Jalen Hurts with his shoulder injury has seemed more hurt than what Mahomes has seemed like with his high ankle uh, that deal that he's dealing with here the last three weeks. So, uh, this to me seems like a Mahomes game. This seems like uh, the Chiefs would not trade it. They want the best player in the world on their team. They've got it, but he is going to have to lift them because, as uh, Herbie mentioned before, you know this defensive line, uh, the pass rush for the Eagles is the best in the NFL. And the Chiefs are likely at some point going to face some issues with that, just because every team has basically is, the Eagles has basically had those issues. So that's number one, I think, and number two for the Chiefs is uh, trying to be able to. Uh, go in there and defensively be able to get some pressure on Hurts and, and force them into some passing downs because um, he hasn't thrown the ball that well. If you look at his pro football focus grades, Jalen Hurts, the last three weeks, they're way down compared to what he was before that shoulder injury. So if they can get them into passing downs, I like the Chiefs' chances defensively. The problem is that Jalen Hurts provides a run option and the Eagles can run it pretty well. And so we've seen the Chiefs so often the last couple of weeks go to five defensive backs, six defensive backs, you're trying to stop the run, you can't do that. So there'll be kind of that count and mouse game. If the Eagles can run the ball, the Chiefs, you know, it'll be tough, tough to stop them defensively. If the Chiefs stop that run, get them into passing downs, I like the Chiefs' chances. So I think it's kind of this dual thing here, but a lot on Patrick Mahomes' shoulders and on his ankles too. I think we're going to see that in the Super Bowl 57. I really have uh, loved what the Chiefs have been doing defensively uh, for the last, you know, six weeks or so of the regular season, and then and then through the playoffs, and especially in the in, in the Bengals AFC title game, uh, it reminds me a little bit of what occurred in Super Bowl the Super Bowl Fifty Four season, when uh, it took a while. That was the first year that Steve Spagnuolo was the coordinator, and it took him a while to get used to, you know, the switch from a from a three four to a four three, and just getting used to some new personnel and 
Uh, and by the end of the season, uh, that, that defense was just rock solid um, and, and was a big reason uh, that the, the Chiefs were able to come back in the fourth quarter of that Super Bowl. So, um, Sam, do you have a, a good sense about where this defense is right now? And, um, and, and can it stop the, you know, the, uh, basically a record-setting rushing attack by, by the Eagles this year, at least when it comes to rushing touchdowns? Yeah, it's a it's a different sort of offense than they faced recently because of the way the the Eagles try and move the ball. They pull their linemen, I think, more than any other team in the league. Um, you know, a lot of their stuff is triple option stuff, uh, RPO options. So it, the Chiefs are going to have to be a lot more disciplined. You know, it's it's when you're facing Joe Burrow, I think we all thought the pass rush and the defensive line was going to be the key to the game. I think we were all proven right about that with the way the Chiefs got to Burrow. This time you're going to have to be a little bit more careful about just trying to tee off on the quarterback because of his mobility. So it's it's a little bit hard to predict because it's get, trying to get into the minds of the players and, and their ability to read the tells of what the Eagles are trying to do. I do think that has long been one of Frank Clark's biggest strength for all for the polarizing three years he's had here as far as his production on the on on the field. I think his biggest strength has been that discipline at edge. And so I think that should favor the Chiefs a little bit. But it, it's the sort of thing where all, all everyone involved in your front seven has to be that way. I think, you know, we, we saw LeJarrius Sneed pop up on the injury report yesterday with a knee. My understanding um, from people I've talked to is they do anticipate he'll play. But he's really a key guy for the Chiefs defense, I think, this week. Because a lot of what the Eagles option stuff – does is trying like i mentioned pulling the lineman it tries to get around the edge and legerius sneed has been terrific in his role of not only covering the slot but also helping out in the run defense we, we saw him the plan last week against the Bengals was to put him just on jamar chase now that plan was derailed early in the game when he went out i don't think we'll see legerius sneed's shadow receiver because it would take him out of that role of the slot cornerback where he could help with what's the Eagles biggest strength. The, the RPO that the Eagles run and uh, is, is pretty effective and it does cause some hesitation on, from uh, on the defense, especially from the defensive end, uh, Frank Clark or George Karloftis uh, will be in the spotlight. Even, even Nick Bolton as well. Uh, you know, that's the, uh, you know, that's what the uh, we talk about the run pass option. It's the option that causes just a, a, a slight hesitation defensively that uh, you know that the offense and a quarterback as good as Jalen Hurts can can take advantage of. <clears throat> and Jesse, I think you, you mentioned it earlier. Um, one storyline that may be getting a little underplayed this week is is the health of Jalen Hurts. I I think Mahomes. Uh, with his ankle injury, no reason to, especially the way he played against the Bengals, um, no reason to believe he'll uh, he'll be limited. But I'm not so sure about Jalen Hurts. Now, you know, the Eagles had the advantage of playing you know, a 49ers team in the NFC title game where their quarterback situation was just an absolute wreck because of injuries and that they handled the Giants uh, pretty easily the week before. I, I'm not sure if we saw a complete – Eagles offensive, uh, you know, game plan rolled out for uh, by them. But I'm, I'm just I, I wonder a little bit about Jalen Hurts health with that shoulder and how that might 
impact them and what they can do in this game. Um, has anybody picked up on chatter about Hurts' uh, health this week? I think it's sort of hard to be. I, th I think it's sort of hard to. I'll get to. Uh, I'll throw it to you all here in a second. I, I think it's sort of hard to just because these guys. It's sort of like Mahomes. It's kind of get information on his ankle. He's going to say he's fine. He's going to play. Uh, he's played through it, and that's that. You know, I think you sort of have to judge by the production. And when I was looking it up for the prediction this week, you know, you look at like the Pro Football Focus grades for quarterbacks, and the 14 of the first 15 weeks, Jalen Hurts had a score of 68 or better. So, again, that's why he was in the MVP conversation for a long, long time. After he's come back, his score, each of those games has been under 66. So, again, I mean, he's going to say he's out there, he's trying to be a warrior, all those sorts of things. But we've seen a different level of player, and if they can't open things up offensively to throw the ball downfield like to A.J. Brown, you know, they had that big, long completion against the 49ers. Actually, probably shouldn't have been a completion. It looked like it hit the turf. But you can take that one out, and the production goes down even farther. So, I think it's going to be hard to get a true indication. You sort of have to go based off of what you've seen and the stats and the numbers and the grades. And uh, honestly, those grades have not been impressive by, from Jalen Hurts in the last three weeks. He's going to try to grind through, but that's why I think the stopping the run is so important because if you force the Eagles into doing that, you might get a Hurts that he has not been for the course of, of the majority of the season. You know, Blair, the, the Eagles are the best team in the NFL on opening drives this year. And I've never thought going into a, a, a Chiefs game that the first quarter would be more important. And I say never in the past because the Chiefs are terrific at coming back in games. But if you can get the Eagles out of their run offense and make Jalen Hurts throw the ball, I think you've got a significant advantage in this game. If you get behind early and suddenly the Eagles running game is dictating the tempo and the pace of, this, of the game on Sunday, I think you're in trouble. And, you know, I, I think the Eagles are at like four points per opening drive this year. It, it's some, it's an outrageous number. I mean, it, it, it's lapping the field in the NFL this year, the same way the Chiefs did a year ago. And so, like I, like I said, I, I think it's, you know, it's, the game's not going to be won or lost on the opening drive, but a two-score game or something of that sort in the opening quarter, I, I think would, would be more difficult to overcome than it would be in a typical football game. Just, just to piggyback off that, Sam, the Chiefs have had so much success lately with their dime package, and that's where they brought these blitzes. They get you know, Nick Bolton acting like he's going to blitz, and all of a sudden Chris Jones gets a one-on-one -on -one matchup, and, or they've got Jerry C. come from one side, or Jalen Watson, or Justin Reed. This is where Spag sort of gets into his bag, where he gets all creative with this stuff. But you can't put six defensive backs out there if the Eagles can run the ball. So if the Eagles can run the ball, you got to put Leo Chanel out there. So this is kind of one of those cat and mouse games with the NFL where in basketball, you, you put your five best players on the court. It doesn't matter what the other team does. You just keep your five best players out there. In football, it doesn't work that way. If the other team's running on you, you got to put bigger bodies out there. you got to put Lily Gay out there. you got to put Leo Chanel out there. So the Chiefs have gone so much to their dime package lately and gotten so much pressure out of it. If they're forced out of that because the Eagles can run, again, we're going to see a different team and different people out there for the Chiefs trying to stop this Eagles offense. Herbie, and you've reminded us that Hertz has not shown up on the injury report this week, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if if he was slowed at all, he'd have to be, you know, he'd have to be on there. Is is that how that works? Yeah, yeah. And so that means he's he's putting in full practices. The fact that he's not listed on the injury report is a sign that the Chiefs, or see, not the Chiefs, the Eagles feel that he is healthy and he's taking full repetitions. The other thing about the Eagles is something they, they, they do often and do well is convert fourth downs. And uh, when you uh, 
a pretty pretty key factor uh, for keeping drives alive. I, I don't know what their percentage is, but don't they convert more? Don't they lead the NFL in fourth down conversions? Maybe total number, and I don't know where where the percentage is though. The success rate. They're, they're second. Um, I, I think over Jalen Hurts career they're like 24 out of 26 on the quarterback sneak i mean they've like mastered the quarterback sneak they're second in conversions they're fourth in attempts and listen a team that's 14 and three should not be fourth in attempts in the league because they're rare they're rare rarely trailing in a game for example the chiefs are second fewest in attempts this year with the identical record Nick Sirianni leads football outsiders aggressiveness index as far as how frequently he goes for it on fourth downs. Nick Sirianni also leads the NFL in in-game decisions and how many expected points that's added to their team's total this year. The Eagles have set a, a record by the amount of points they've generated off of drives in which they went for it on fourth down earlier in the drive. This is a game where I I think Andy Reid is the best game player in the NFL. I think the Chiefs are winning these two weeks right now. As we're talking right now, the Chiefs are gaining an edge. I think Nick Sirianni gains an edge in those three, well, Super Bowl, so what, four hours and 15 minutes of the game itself on Sunday. So that that's going to be a really interesting battle because I anticipate that a lot of coaches, new hires of coaches are going to be following more of the Nick Sirianni path in game than coaches that are going to be following the Andy Reid path in game. Interesting. Interesting. Um, uh, so what did I, I want to do uh, mention another statistical uh, truth about this game is uh, at the, at the end, uh, the, the chiefs have the, the league's number one offense. Right. And, uh, and, and it's, it's been good enough in uh, to, uh, to give them the, the AFC's top record, make them the top seed. And the other thing uh, I noticed is in the playoffs, the two playoff victories, they haven't trailed. Now, that, that's probably true of the Eagles. I didn't check their box scores, but they won them 31-7 to and 38-7. to But the Chiefs have won two one-possession games, and they haven't trailed in either one of them, uh, which uh, says to me that they're pretty locked. They've been pretty locked in and focused. And, uh, and again, as I, as I mentioned earlier, I think the – uh, Chiefs defense has been playing so well here. They, they didn't get to 30 in either one of these games. And we all think of the, the Chiefs as a, as, a, as a team that could and sometimes need to outscore opponents. And that hasn't really been the case in the playoffs. Um, they've, they've just played they, – they've played two good teams, a hot, really hot team in the Jacksonville Jaguars. And, of course, the Bengals are their, you know, their, their nemesis. And, and they were able to survive both of those games. So – John, John asks why all the heat, hype, why all the hype on the Eagles? They've only played two good quarterbacks and gave up thirty and forty points to them. Chiefs are more battle tested. Is that right? Um, is it just playing against uh, AFC teams and AFC quarterbacks uh, makes the Chiefs a little, uh, just a, a, a little more battle tested than um, than the Eagles have been? Well, it's funny in, in one on one hand, Blair that. The part of the battle-tested appearance of the Chiefs is that they played a lot of close games during the season, some of which included, uh, you know, just eking past some bad teams, right? Now, how much, uh, you know, I know we all thought about those things a little bit in, in real time, and um, I, I, I'll speak for myself, kind of go back and forth between, boy, they're vulnerable versus, oh, you know, they're they're playing with their food, you know, and they're just, they're, they're fine. It's just they're a little 
they get a little bored when they're they're so much better. And I I I I do think though over time when you, you also include the point about what's happened in the postseason, it it does do something for a collective psyche that you you know, at least you believe that uh, when it comes down to the the grinding crucible in the end that you've got the goods. And I I know I don't want to make too much of the psychological mumbo jumbo, but I think that's a little edge for the Chiefs. Just as uh, Sam's point about the the way real time things uh, might appear to be an edge for the Eagles is is I think also valid. So many games within the game on on this point. I noticed that. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Well, the, you know what what's interesting is that we we talked so much before the season about how difficult this Chiefs schedule was, and it's probably a lesson for all of us because the Chiefs wound up with like the fourth easiest schedule in the NFL this year. The teams that were supposed to be really good on their schedule, like the Rams, the Bron, everybody in the division, um, flopped. And so the Chiefs actually did not play a difficult schedule themselves. But the Eagles' defense saw the second easiest schedule in the league. And against the teams that actually had quality offenses, and when I say quality, I mean their best, the best offenses the Eagles faced this year were teams like the Lions, the Jaguars, the Packers. I mean, they didn't face Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, um, Patrick Mahomes. So I think it's a, it's a really interesting test for the Eagles because usually 19 games into a season, you know a lot of what you are. I think we're still a little blinded by what are the, what is the Eagles' defense. Have they been teeing off against underperforming offenses, which, look, is what good defenses do? Um, have they struggled against the better offenses, which, again, is what most teams do. It's why they're better offenses. So I think the Eagles' defense is a little tough to figure out, um, but undoubtedly this is the toughest test that they've seen all year. Yeah, I think we can see this two ways. Um, obviously, the smartest of the smart people out there are betting on this game, and they're probably the most bet game in America this year, and they have the Eagles as one-half-point favorites. So I think we know enough about the Eagles to say that their defense is good. I still like the counterpoint here, and it's something you know we talk about all the time, which is if you have a good pass defense that goes up against a good pass offense and both teams are playing well, the pass offense wins, and that's – where the Chiefs have the advantage, right? They've got Patrick Mahomes. They have this offense. They have Andy Reid. That's why they win so many games. They have a great pass offense. So um, I, I think both of these can kind of be true. I, the Eagles are not frauds. They're not. I mean, they, they, they wouldn't be favored in this game if they were frauds. But at the same time, are there questions about how this, this pass defense can perform against a really good offense like the Chiefs, especially if that offense is clicking like we've, we've seen the Chiefs do at times this year? I think that's a very valid question. Hey, Blair, can I just throw in a quirky little uh, stat that's a little skewed by the postseason matchups? Um, it, but the Eagles and Chiefs have each scored exactly 546 points this season, if you count the postseason games. And again, that's a little skewed, but it's, to me also it's a little uh, indicative of, of why we, we think this is going to be close in the end to the capacities they have um, on, on both sides of the ball. And of course, all the cat and mouse stuff we're talking about. The, the, if you're a Chiefs fan, what should give you the most optimism is the last time the Chiefs faced a really, really good pass rush was in San Francisco, and Andy Reid had the game plan of his life against the 49ers. I do think that these types of teams with um, with quick-hitting edge pass rushes are difficult matchups for anybody, but Andy Reid probably puts in the be best game plans against anybody. And the Bengals didn't have that 
last week, but Andy Reid still had to implement that sort of game plan because he had to be overly cautious that Patrick Mahomes didn't want to leave the pocket and he had to get rid of the ball quickly. It's sort of been the adjustment that Patrick Mahomes has made all season. Uh, I don't think the Chiefs would fear this pass rush as much as they did in 2019 when they faced a really uh, stout 49ers pass rush because of the way they have adjusted their offense in those last three years since. The only thing I'll add onto that, Sam, is that uh, McCole Hardman went wild in that game against the 49ers. He's not going to be available. It sounds like Kadarius Tony will be available based off these practice reports. They sort of need him because the gap in that sort of gadget-type player role, the end arounds, the pop passes between Kadarius and sort of what Sky Moore has given them so far, I think that's pretty significant. So if Kadarius can run those sorts of plays, uh, Andy could probably still you know, have his cake and eat it too. But McCole was a huge factor in that particular game. Like you said, a lot of it's because of the scheming of Andy Reid. Herbie, you've covered every uh, Chiefs playoff game uh, f- uh, since the Super Bowl 54 season. And this is the first time, even going back to 2018, that Mahomes is an underdog. Uh, and in fact, the, the fact that the Chiefs have been a favorite in every playoff game since the loss to New England in 2015. So 16, 17, when Alex Smith was the quarterback, and every game that Mahomes has been the quarterback, the Chiefs have been the betting favorite until. This Super Bowl, I can't help but think that Patrick Mahomes knows this and the Chiefs know it. And whatever little psychological game they want to play, uh, they can apply it here uh, because the world thinks the Philadelphia Eagles are a better team than the Kansas City Chiefs. Yeah, and it's kind of weird that it's coming down to that. You know, mm-hmm. Mahomes just won the MVP. <laughs> you know, we all knew he was going to win it. And- they're kind of just discounting that. But to me, you know, we, we, we talked about a lot of the keys to this game. This this Super Bowl, I'm not, I'm not looking at the San Francisco game. I'm looking at the Tampa Bay game. That's what this game has to feel like. It, it, it's, this game will be one in the trenches. This ain't going to be one on the outside. It's not going to be one with the tricky plays. It's going to be one in the trenches because of what the Eagles can do. You know, when they faced Tampa Bay a couple of years ago, you had Shaq Barrett, Devin White, and – uh, JPP. Those were the three primary pass rushers. You got to work, you know, and all these guys have double digit sacks and they're going to be able to get to the quarterback. Uh, so th- this offensive line for the Chiefs, they're going to have to really step up their A game on Sunday. Which which Tampa Tampa Bay game, Herbie? Because that's, that's <laughs> kind of a key question. The Super Bowl. The Super Bowl. Yeah, I talked to some players about that uh, about that night and um, and how miserable they felt afterwards. Uh, but against Tampa Bay this year, pretty pretty good night. And that's uh, that's another one of my little quirky stats. Can um, if I give you the opponent, um, you tell me which of these opponents this year uh, really gave the Chiefs a, a hard time among the Arizona Cardinals, the 49ers, the Bucks, the L.A. Rams, and the Seattle Seahawks. Um, you know, some games were closer than others. Some games felt closer than others. The Chiefs won all of those by at least 14 points. And what they have in common, they're all in the NFC, right? And the Chiefs have a, is it a 14 or 15 game winning streak against NFC teams? And look, that anybody with the Chiefs and, and the Eagles will tell you that doesn't mean a thing, except the Chiefs don't play NFC teams every year, or the same teams every year. There's um, you know, they're not like playing the, the the Broncos or the Bengals or the Bills, the teams the Chiefs play every year and sometimes twice a year. 
Um, I think there is something to the familiarity of uh, of uh, those teams. It's, that helps me explain why Chiefs Broncos, uh, Chiefs Texans, you know, are games that are closer than they should be, and um, and games against NFC teams the Chiefs seem to handle. I don't know if that applies here, but I think about that. And part of that streak is the, you know, the Eagles game in the regular season last year where the Chiefs went to the link and won pretty easily, as I recall. So I don't know. Is am, am, am I, uh, is, is there anything to that or is it just coincidental? We, we are, we are 12 days into this preparation for this game, Blair. So, I think any possible stat that we can come up with just adds to the conversation. <laughs> throw it out there. Just throw it out there. That's exactly right. So, all right. Uh, I, I, I think the Chiefs win the game. Does it, it anybody feel like this is um, – uh, it goes the other way and the Eagles win? Jesse had I, to make the official projection. Go ahead, Jess. Um, so – I think it's a tough one to pick. I can see why you would pick the Eagles. I, I definitely could see going a certain way where um, some of the things Herbie talked about come true. You know what I mean? Uh, the offensive defensive line start dominating, things like that happen. And uh, I, I just, it's hard for me to get Mahomes out of the head because he's the best player and that position means so much. So I think it'll be close. I think it'll be a fun game. I think that's, uh, what most people are wanting in this, even casual fans that are watching this, but I've got the Chiefs 26-20. Uh, if you pick the Eagles, I would not be shocked or I would not be stunned, and I don't think that's a crazy pick, especially because that's what Vegas says right now or and people that are sports betting. But uh, I, I could definitely see Mahomes putting a team on his back one more time and being the better quarterback, especially the better quarterback who's dealing with an injury in this particular game. I, I just feel like – go ahead, Sam. I've, I've got the Chiefs. Um, I actually think that you could see not a close game on Sunday. And usually when you when you say a, a team could win by two possessions, you've got an exact pick for which team. But because of what I described earlier to where I think early in the first half might dictate the way the second half is played, I think you could see a team win by a couple possessions. And I think it's more likely that team's the Chiefs. Uh, really nothing further. I just think it, I would be surprised and disappointed if it doesn't come down to the end. I, I think I, I want a game that's sort of befitting of all the, all the great plot lines going into it. There have been a lot of great storylines in this game and a lot of great stuff written by the fellows on the, uh, on the screen here. I just, uh, I, I can't uh, tell them how much I've enjoyed the coverage from the from the star and, and these guys right here, the uh, you know Vahe got into uh, the Patrick Mahomes background as he was being asked at every press conference this week about uh, you know participating in the first Super Bowl between black quarterbacks and how you know he, he really wasn't pigeonholed as a as a non quarterback just because of the different way that his career unfolded in in high school and great great stuff and. Uh, Sam knocked out of the park with his uh, Travis Kelsey story. And uh, did, did you know that he was once a, a call center employee taking uh, phone calls about oh, trying to sell Obamacare in, in Ohio? And uh, Jesse had a story this morning about why Noah Gray is um, 
is something of a folk hero to a certain uh, circle of, of people, it'll make you choke up. It's such a good story. And Herbie's been on it all week with the news and the coverage and um, every day getting, you know, getting it done for us. So it's just been terrific. Um, and it will continue to be that way over the next couple of days and through the Super Bowl in the print editions of uh, the Kansas City Star online at kansascity.com. And my favorite destination for reading all of this, the morning sports edition it really is a terrific uh, vehicle for that. I think it was 45 pages today and should leave out um, everybody back home. The stars blanketed coverage of this. Um, if you haven't read the Patrick Mahomes story or seen the photo, you got to go get to that today uh, on KansasCity.com. So um, for the photographers and the, and the folks uh, in Kansas City, you're doing a great job. That'll do it for today and this week on Sportsbeat KC. Thanks to George Howard for putting together today's podcast and the live stream, and to our Sportsbeat KC staff of Jeff Rosen, Scott Chasen, Monty Davis, and Randy Mason. Please continue to follow the Chiefs' coverage at the Super Bowl in the print editions of the Kansas City Star on KansasCity.com and in the morning sports edition. You can find that at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with another Sportsbeat KC where we talk sports in Kansas City every day.